Many Chargers fans have been calling for Joe Lombardi's job, but maybe they're looking at the wrong coach because Brandon Staley's defense has been awful in 2022. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for six seasons. But this is our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But David, today is Fan Mail Friday for the first time in a long time, and we have some great things to talk about, including the problems with the Chargers defense. I mean, I think it starts with the run defense because that has been, you know, really, really bad. But the Chargers defense as a whole has been very much underachieving in 2022, especially considering the hype. And Brandon Staley obviously is the leader of that group. But Tom Telesco has a lot to say about that as well and, you know, putting the pieces together for that. So we'll talk about him and his job security as well. But we also have a lot of other great things to talk about on today's show because it is Fame Mail Friday. So we'll be getting into some voicemails about the Chargers injury situation. Which players should they be expecting to get back after the bye week? And also Justin Herbert regression. We'll get into that as well. We talked a little bit about it last week. We'll talk a little bit more about that today. But David, we have to start with the defensive side of the ball today. But first, I need to tell everyone that today's episode of Lockdown Chargers is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security with Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe. 24-7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown NFL to learn more. All right, David. Well, I think when you're talking about the Chargers defense and their struggles in particular, I think you would look at the run defense first as far as, you know, what the Achilles heel has been. I mean, there's a lot of things. There's not a lot of areas where they've been great, honestly, but it does lead us to our first Twitter question that we have here today from Kevin, who asked, what do you see as the main problem for this run defense? The next stretch of games, these teams are fairly run heavy. The Falcons, the 49ers, even the Raiders, still confident we can get to at least 10 and 7. So, David, I think there's a lot to unpack there because I think there's a lot of front problems even with the Chargers run defense specifically where would you start yeah I mean honestly for, for me Daniel the problems with the run defense I mean the, the injuries play a part in it for sure I mean anytime you're missing a guy like Joey Bosa who is excellent at setting the edge that's going to have a, an effect on your run defense but really it's it's been giving up the big runs the big explosive yeah. runs week after week after week that's really been the big problem you take away those explosive runs those long touchdown runs and the run defense looks a lot better and that's just being disciplined down in and down out you can't lose your focus you have to make sure that you're staying in your gaps and you're you're fitting the run the way that the play of the the excuse me the design of the play is intended and i think that's something that's got away from the Chargers, especially in run defense. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors. I mean, first thing is just perimeter tackling. The Chargers yeah. have a couple of guys that are good at tackling in their secondary. I'd say Derwin James is among sure. them. Sante Samuel Jr. Yep. for sure. J.C. Jackson had been a liability in run defense so far this year. Bryce Callahan had been a run, has been a run liability so far this year. I mean, those are guys that aren't, you know, usually making a bunch of tackles near the line of scrimmage. 
Nazir Adderley, I thought, had a rough start to the season as well. Lohi Gilman wasn't any better, but you need tackling in the secondary. And the Chargers, we've known that's been a problem for a little while now. But Nazir, I think, has at least gotten a little bit better. I think he's had some really, really good tackles, especially in that last game, some nice open field tackles. But it is the big plays. If the Chargers weren't giving up the explosive plays, if it wasn't five 40-plus yard runs in the first seven games of the season. wild. I think we would think much more highly of this run defense unit because there are times where it looks good. I don't think they're getting obviously blown off of the ball like they have in years yeah. past. I think that's better, but it is guys just not being able to fit the runs, right? Like they're just not getting into the right gaps. They're giving up these, you know, perimeter runs where a lane opens up and there's just nobody there to do it. And guys are late to get there as well. I think with the perimeter runs, though, the other big thing is the edge rushers, right? The edge rushers. Yeah. Chris Rump is one of the worst edge defending run defenders in the league so i mean that's obviously going to hurt when you're coming from joey bosa who's a lead at it kyle Noy is fine at it but i mean none of those guys are the physical presence that joey bosa's you know six five self is yeah. on that edge right like he's yeah. just a huge dude who's yeah, really six, good five, against the 280 run. yeah exactly like joey bosa it hurts a lot i mean the tackling in the perimeter they have 36 missed tackles against just the run so far this year jeez and I'm not going to lie, I think Kenneth Murray is still a liability in run defense. I know he's made a lot of strides. I think in coverage, he's gotten a lot better. I think when he's defending the pass and getting out in the open field, he's actually made some really good tackles and blown up some yeah. screens and things like that. In run defense, he still seems a step late. He still doesn't seem like the physical guy that can shed tackles and make the tackles he needs to make. There's times when he blitzes and he looks super physical, but I still don't think he's there as a run defender yet. And I think that's something that maybe people are overlooking with some of the other strides he's made. Hey, he's a better player than he has been in the past. That still, yeah. to me, seems like it's an issue. But we do have a voicemail because the other part of it is it is coaching. You want, want to fit all these run defense fits, right? You want to make sure everyone's in the right gap. You better be conveying that to your players and they better be picking it up. So Brandon Staley cannot escape from this unscathed. And we have a listener that's not going to let him get away unscathed. Let's hear the hat. Dave, this is John. Let's be honest here. Today you were talking about getting rid of uh, Joe Lombardi. You know, maybe, but let's apples to apples here. Staley is probably the one that has to go, and I hate saying that. He's only in year two, and we took a chance on him, but maybe it's time for the Sean Payton era, who with Joe Lombardi was very successful because there's only one person to blame for that defense, and that is Staley. You know, Coach Staley has put that entire defense together to his liking brought in the people that he wanted so there's no one to blame and that defense is far worse than that offense so again my personal opinion uh, let's make a change for sean payton and move on yeah i mean a lot of people want sean payton let's focus on the brandon staley part of this first david and that is true they brought in the guys that brandon staley wanted they got jc jackson sebastian joseph day Morgan Fox, Bryce Callahan, guys he'd worked with in the past, going out of the organization or organizations he's linked with, with guys like, you know, J.C. Jackson, Kyle Van Noy, and just to name a couple of them. But, yeah, I mean, this was supposed to be the year where he wouldn't have any more excuses, and we're still watching a defense that's giving up 30 points a game pretty much so far this year. So, I, David, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any excuses for Brandon Staley. I mean, I guess – the one thing is, is okay, did he underestimate how much the head coaching was going to take him away from being able to install this defense the way he wanted to, right? Because that's the biggest difference between him now and him with the Rams in 2020, yeah. other than, you know, having Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Right. And they don't have their, you know, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey type players with guys like Joey Bosa out right now and J.C. Jackson not being even what you wanted him to be when he was out there. But, David, I mean, Staley cannot escape blame here. I mean, obviously, it's his defense. The whole defensive coaching staff plays a part in it 
But when you're a defensive coach, your defense is that bad. You have the players to at least be much better than you are. It's going to, you know, definitely heat your seat up a little bit. And it should. It definitely should. I mean, I think we all, all of us, we're all hyping up Brandon Staley as the defensive guru, guru and the guy that was going to come in and, and bring that number one defense from the Rams over to the Chargers. And we just have not seen that at all at <laughs> any point in his tenure as, as the Chargers head coach and as the, the Chargers defensive coordinator and play caller. It's just, it's nothing, nothing that we've seen. And, you know, hey, there's certain situations like, hey, when you get into third and longs, and you can't convert on on third and longs and get off the football field, that's not all on the coaching. You have to execute in those situations as well. So obviously it's there's no one thing that you can put your finger on and say, hey, that's the only problem here. It's been coaching. It's been execution by the players. I mean, it's really a a mixed bag of of them all. But I think one thing is that they need to be more aggressive stopping the run. And, and, you know, I understand the big part of this defense is keeping a shell uh, and keeping a roof on the coverage. But, you know, you got to get more, you know, more physical on those rundowns and really eliminate those big runs. That's a huge part of why this run defense has not really been as connected. And also the lack of interceptions and turnovers altogether i think that's one of the aspects that bringing in a guy like jc jackson you were expecting a lot more of those turnovers to take place and that just hasn't happened through the first seven games of the season yeah and to get to the sean payton part of it are you a fan of sean payton is that something you're thinking about as staley hasn't even finished his second season no i'm not i'm not thinking about sean payton and i I think a large portion of that is because the money that it's going to take and the influence that it's going to take that the Chargers will never give to Sean Payton is the reason why I just don't see it as a realistic situation, whether Brandon Staley is the head coach of the Chargers or not. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are like, hey, well, you're already running Joe Lombardi's system, which is kind of like, you know, what the Saints run. But the difference with Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi is Payton made the offense when Drew Brees still had a good arm, right? Right. And, And they were explosive. And he, you know, adjusted that over time. And Joe Lombardi was never anything more than a quarterback coach under, you know, Sean Payton in those years. So, yeah, I, I think if there's a Super Bowl coach that's interested, I mean, you have to take that phone call. You have to do your due diligence. I don't sure. necessarily see it happening, but there's one thing that's for certain. I mean, he's made no qualms about it. It seems like he wants to coach Justin Herbert. It does I don't blame like- him. Maybe someone like Sean Payton putting pressure from the outside is, hey, I want to take this team over, makes the Chargers make a more expeditious decision on Brandon Staley. I mean, we can't, you know, pretend like that couldn't potentially be a thing, especially if you have that dude waiting in the wings, right? And maybe wanting that job. It's going to be very interesting to see. I mean, I I have, still have a hard time believing that Brandon Staley is even going to get fired after this season, but you don't make the playoffs two years with Justin Herbert. Somebody, heads were going to roll one way yeah. or the other. But on the offensive side of things, or just, I mean, as a team-building you know, side of things. Tom Telesco has a part in this too, right? Because he's kind of been skating underneath the radar. So we'll talk about how hot his seat is if the Chargers can make the playoffs in 2022 and how much of the Chargers offensive struggles have potentially made Justin Herbert regress in 2022 as well. So we're going to get into that. But first, I need to tell you guys about Simply Safe. Here's a sports analogy for you. When it comes to burglars, your home is like the end zone and you need the absolute strongest defense that you can muster. This is why I use and trust Simply Safe Home Security. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. It's cutting edge technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back so you always know that your home is safe. That is something that you really can't put a price on and just really having the peace of mind of knowing 
everything is good at your house, right? I mean, I know everyone's been kind of somewhere where they're like, hey, did I lock my door? Hey, is my house on fire right now? I mean, I think we've all had those things. When you have something like Simply Safe, you can always check in with their HD cameras. You can get the app on your phone and see your house wherever you are, whether you're on a road trip, whether you're out to dinner, or wherever you just want to check on your dog. You can do that with Simply Safe. They blanket your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. They even have hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. And even if you're not home, even if you can't respond, they can send out people. They can send out first responders to your home. Their monitoring experts use proprietary, proprietary, proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Right now, guys, you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash NFL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month for free. Visit simplysafe.com slash NFL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, well, we talked about the coaches. We've talked about Joe Lombardi this week. We talked about Brandon Staley. Both of those guys, you know, deserve blame for different things so far this year, and neither can totally escape it, especially, you know, in a season that you've seen the flaws that they have. But they're also a 4-3 and three team right now. You just, are, you know, kind of don't feel like they can sustain that for the rest of the season. The one person we haven't really talked about a lot, at least right now, David, is Tom Telesco. And, I mean, if you've been a fan of our show for a long time, we have been critical of Tom Telesco before. There is one thing that Tom Telesco has done super well, though, and it's draft first-round picks. He hits those at an unreasonably high percentage. But we do have a question here that I think is worth asking. This is from Chris Saiz on Twitter who asked, if we don't make the playoffs this season, do you think Telesco will be on the hot seat alongside Brandon Staley? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Uh, it, this is tenth, the 10th season for Tom Telesco, right? I mean, at a certain point, I think you stop looking at coaches and maybe look upstairs a little bit, but... He hasn't been, you know, tied to Mike McCoy. He wasn't tied to Anthony Lynn or the other coaching hires that he's made. Maybe Brandon Staley is different. If they decide to get rid of Brandon Staley after this year, I do think that is a conversation that's being had to say, is Tom Telesco the right guy? If it's not, it definitely should be. It definitely should be. Absolutely. And for me, Daniel, I've never really fully liked the way he's gone about things as a general manager. His whole plan has always been draft him resign them and develop and we've seen them we've seen them draft well we've seen them resign a couple of people but we have not seen any kind of development really in the 10 years that he's been the general manager there's not have been a lot of players that have been here for a long period of time there's not been a lot of players that have lived past their first contract with the chargers and i think a large part of that has been the lack of development in that particular field so if the chargers with the roster that they have constructed this season do not make the playoffs then yes tom telesco's seat should be red hot the the flames should be definitely scorching some of the hairs on tom telesco's body because this need there's something that needs to change and there's been one constant for the last decade and that's been the guy who has been the head of personnel decisions tom telesco i mean you could probably look at the president of football operations as well but maybe that's a discussion for another time but yeah. with tom telesco specifically i mean he has hit on first round picks but i wouldn't just go out there and just go on a limb and say hey he's been a good drafter right i mean the chargers yeah. have out of you know looking at the entire draft gotten the least out of a lot of their draft classes over the years with tom telesco and a lot of it's based on just not hitting on the mid-round picks mid to late yeah. round picks 
you'll have a diamond in the rough every now and then. But like you go through the draft classes and you look at guys who are still contributing, you're talking about developing. I mean, if the, I think if you want to say one thing about this Brandon Staley team in the last couple of years, I think we've seen more development than we've seen in a long time. I mean, I That's think Jerry sure. Tillery has shown ge- development. I think Josh Kelly has shown a ton of development, right? I mean, I think yeah. you can look across the board. Asante Samuel Jr. has had a ton of development over the last year. So, like, Trey Pipkins. <laughs> I mean, if they're developing Trey Pipkins. Yeah. Like, Huge. that's something that we thought was impossible at one point. So, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think we're seeing actual, you know, improvements in that area. But I think with Tom Telesco, though, like, you can't blame, you know, all wins and losses on quarterbacks, obviously. It's not a quarterback stat. Head coach, yeah. it's a little bit more general manager that's your team you're putting out there that's your coach that you're putting you know pick to run this job it's been underwhelming so i mean i think if brand Staley's seat is getting hot i mean tom telesco has to be feeling it as well but oh, yeah. let's get to the next one here from garrett who asked a big question here which is hey guys curious as to what you think is the reason for justin herbert's regression there are so many reasons floating around that i want to know what you two think so there are a lot of reasons you know floating around and i mean regression is such a tough term with someone. I mean, especially someone so young and someone that set such a, an incredibly high bar for themselves. But David, I'll let you take the first crack at it. I have a couple of reasons, but I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So obviously the, the one big thing is he's had to deal with the fractured rib cartilage and there's no way for us to really be able to tell you exactly how much that has affected how he has played. We don't know how that affects his preparation. We don't know how that affects, you know, how much he can get on the field and throw the ball before the games, how much that affects, you know, his decision-making when he's on the field and, and, you know, really being a, you know, a little bit hesitant, right. When, when he is, you know, trying to get the ball out, he might not take as many chances because he doesn't want to get hit and he doesn't want to make that injury turn into something that would take him off of the field. So that's definitely something you have to think about the play calling obviously is another aspect of it. That you have to consider as well. The lack of a established and consistent running game, I think is another thing. And then, Oh, by the way, one of the best security blankets in the history of the NFL, Keenan Allen has been yeah. out the entire season, pretty much save for a couple of plays in two different games. So all of those elements, I think, are all reasons why you haven't seen the best of Justin Herbert. So let's look back at Justin Herbert's 2021 start here through seven games, 1994 yards, 14 touchdowns and six interceptions through seven games this year, 2009 yards, 12 touchdowns, four interceptions. Last year, he averaged 7.1 yards per attempt through seven games. This year, he's at six and a half. So that's telling you that, you know, he's not getting as much on these passes. He's throwing the ball way more. He throws the ball more than anybody in the entire NFL. Yeah. But, it, I mean, the numbers aren't staggeringly different than the way we felt about him last year. And I think it's important to remember, too, there's been this discussion about Justin Herbert over, you know, two and three game stretches in each of his first two seasons at some point or another. Yeah. Last year, it was the Ravens and the Patriots in back-to-back weeks shutting the Chargers offense down his rookie season right before he even won a game. There were already questions like that, and he proven everyone wrong pretty much at every turn. But when I'm looking at why he's maybe not looking like as, as special of a quarterback as we've seen him, right, checking down way more than we seen him have seen him do that in the past, Keenan Allen is huge. <laughs> I mean, I, I struggle not to put that number one. That's a, a huge, you know, weapon not to have. And, I mean, you look around the league at a lot of great quarterbacks, you're going to find a lot of great receivers making him that way, yeah. right? That's a huge part of it. They haven't had Mike Williams on the field and Keenan Allen for more than a full game in total so far this season. That's going to be huge. I also think that the drop-off after Mike Williams and Keenan Allen it's is staggering. staggering. I mean, it's it's monumental. It's it's a steep cliff 
with the production they've gotten out of wide receiver three so far this year. So there's been no one to replace him. And now you just have one of these guys probably coming back in Keenan Allen. We'll talk about guys that are going to get back after the bye in the next segment. But I think there's a couple other things too. I mean, I think because of the injury, he's doing everything he can to not miss time, including speeding up his progressions. He's going through his progressions so quickly that he's yeah. getting down to the check down route before some of these other routes have time to develop at times, right? There have been shots for him to take if he holds it. Hard for me to argue that he should hold it because he's been the most pressured quarterback in the NFL so yeah. far through seven games in 2022. So, I mean, easy for me to say without 300-pound linemen bearing down on me. But I do think that there has been – I know somebody else got a question we weren't able to get in that was asking, you know, has Justin Herbert been a little bit more, you know, finicky in the pocket? Has he been a little bit more afraid to take hits? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the dude has fractured rib cartilage. <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't use it as like a, you know, sweeping indictment of him as a quarterback. No. We know it's, when he's not dealing factor, with that. Though. Definitely a factor. I, I mean, I think the progressions are making him check down too early at times. I think that the offensive line is kind of holding this team back from an explosivity standpoint. But it's also just the lack of explosive options that he has, especially at wide receiver with really only one legitimate NFL wide receiver. I mean, Josh Palmer has been borderline, but he's underwhelmed so far this season too. But like one legit receiver basically he's had for the entire season. And I mean, he still had some really, really good games that are easy to forget, guys. Sure I mean, he did. still has been really, really good in a lot of these games. But he does look a little off. And I think it is just kind of a myriad of reasons. It'd be too hard to kind of pin down one single thing. But I you think know, by all the way, those things are something. left tackle for the majority of the season too. And he's been out... <laughs> Without a running game for the entire season, right? So yeah. he's been doing a lot by himself. The passing situations, the situations in which he's throwing the ball have been much more obvious so far this year, too, which obviously is a huge benefit for the opposing defenses, right? Oh, when yeah. you're in a bunch of third and tens and things like that. So it's a lot, but you can still count me and David just like we were last week, not out on Justin Herbert, which does no. seems like a crazy thing to have to say right now. Justin Herbert's still a freak. He's phenomenal. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Give it some time. And if we get to the end of the season and it's terrible somehow, I get it. But like people bringing up interceptions and things like that, Justin Herbert still takes care of the ball extremely well. At least two of the interceptions so far this year look have at the not turnover been his worthy fault. plays that Justin yeah. Herbert has on the stat sheet, and you'll see. Even if you don't look at the turnover worthy plays, even if you just look at interception percentage, he's one of the lowest quarterbacks in NFL history. It's sub two percent. Guys don't turn the ball over that view. You look at the total numbers, that's fine. He's throwing the ball fifty freaking times a game. That's going yeah. to impact it. So absolutely. I think it's all pretty dumb. Honestly, a lot of the conjecture you hear about Justin Herbert and why, he, you know, how he's not who he thought he was. And almost every time you hear any analyst or anyone talking about Justin Herbert, they say something that blatantly shows you that they haven't been watching Justin Herbert. Right. Like, oh, you know hey, he's taking are, too dude. many chances. He's doing all this. He's doing that. He can't hit a single. He just has to hit home runs. The problem is he's been trying to hit too many singles. Manuel yeah. Acho, right? So, like, yeah, what are exactly. we doing here? I don't listen to any of that stuff. It's people trying to get clicks. And Justin Herbert and, you know, slandering him seems to be a pretty good way to get clicks right now. But we do have more Chargers Fan Mail Friday to get into. So, coming up next, we're going to talk about some of the guys the Chargers could be getting back healthier next after the bye week going into the Falcons game. We'll also talk about expectations for Isaiah Spiller, maybe a John Hightower elevation from the practice squad to bring a little speed to the offense, and also – what our expectations are if the Chargers do not make a move before the trade deadline, before their bye week is over. But we're going to get into that coming up right after this. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. One of the things that really helped me during the pandemic when I was stuck at home was doing remote therapy through BetterHelp. It helped me realize how important it is to take care of my mental health. And this is something that, hey, I know everyone says, 
therapy is not for everyone, but I would urge pretty much anyone who is thinking about it, they need to talk to someone to try therapy. And if you're going to try therapy, I would try BetterHelp. BetterHelp is different than a lot of therapy because with BetterHelp, you get to pick who you want, right? If you don't like the, your therapist, you can change it whenever you want for free with BetterHelp. And with BetterHelp, you can make your own schedule and they're very readily available. A lot of times, if you have a traditional therapist, you better, you know, kind of push those problems back in until you can get back to them the next week, right? You don't have to worry about that with BetterHelp. You can set up video calls or do whatever you need to do to talk to someone when you need to talk to someone. And that's one of the best things about them is just the accessibility. It's convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's entirely online. So you can just do it from the comfort of your own home. For me, I think it's a lot easier to kind of open up when I at least have the comfort, right, of just being at my house, you know, being in my boxers, whatever the case may be. But with BetterHelp, I mean, it's something that I really, really enjoyed and something I didn't really know I needed or how much it would help me until I started using it. But right now they have a special offer for you guys. Our listeners can get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. All right, David. Well, one of the things that I mean has been a common theme through pretty much every conversation we've had as to why this team is maybe failing to live up to expectations at four and three, I should say, is the injuries. I mean, and the injuries have been, you know, a common theme for way too many of the seasons me and you have been hosting this podcast. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's reared its ugly head again. And it's another season where it's like every season kind of feels like it's even worse than the worst season that you had had before that. Last year, it seemed relatively healthy. This year, it seems like everything is kind of falling apart from yeah, that but, standpoint. But regressing to the mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, we gave you one year and now let's let's get back to what we do every year, which is the Chargers will be the most you know injured team or one of the most injured teams in the entire league. But we had a question from Dylan about the injuries. Let's see what he has for us. This is Dylan Armstrong. Um, I was just calling in. I've been watching the Chargers for a while. I was just wondering if uh, with all the injuries – if we should be worried about the rest of the season after the bye week or if it's uh, going to get any better. Thank you. I mean, it's a good question. I kind of took this as like, hey, you know, how many people are you actually getting back when everyone says, hey, the bye week came at a perfect time. We're getting healthy, you know, all those things. But fortunately for the Chargers, a lot of those guys aren't necessarily coming back right after the bye week. That being said, David, there are a lot of guys that will be healthier and maybe have a better chance to start, especially the guys who missed the last game. First and foremost, Keenan Allen, baby. I am very a fully very healthy Keenan Allen, God please, willing. Please, please, please be a hundred percent healthy. Have the it burst. has been just blatantly obvious how important that guy is on first down, <laughs> especially on third down to keep the chains moving. Also with explosive plays and just what he does to open thing open things up for everyone else on the offense. His presence Especially in the intermediate part, because that yes. part has just been they've had no intermediate game at all without Keenan Allen. Non existent and you know, Keenan Allen is just a massive part of that. If anyone thinks or anyone is misunderstanding how important he is to this offense, just go back and look at the last six games and you'll see there is nobody there that makes consistent plays drive after drive after drive like Keenan Allen does. Josh Palmer is another guy who should be making his way back from injury. Another guy tied in Donald Parham Jr. Hopefully coming back from injury. We've only seen a small part of him in this offense, and I think that could definitely add some elements that we have been missing. A little bit further on down the line, hopefully the Chargers will get Joey Bosa back, but you know we're, we're not talking after the bye. We're still probably another month away, and then unfortunately, 
you know, Mike Williams is probably a month away. And then Josh Kelly, also another guy. Just it seems like the injuries uh, have been really, really bad for the Chargers. And, and it's guys that really make a significant impact on the performance of the team. Yeah. So, I mean, Keenan Allen is the only one I feel 100% about with Josh Palmer and Donald Parham. Josh Palmer's had two concussions this year. You never know how yeah. that's really going to play out. True. You know, but now it'll be like a three week gap since it happened, right? The, the next yeah. game will against the Falcons. So that's nice. Same with Donna Parham. He hasn't had any concussions this year, but obviously his season ended last year with one of the scariest concussions that I've ever watched live happen. So that's right. It, it, they're impossible to predict, but having three weeks in between the last game that both of these guys sustained the concussions in, you think that there's a potential chance that they come back because they weren't put on injured reserve, right? And that's the other thing. If you go on injured reserve, that's four weeks. This is three weeks, right? So you think if it was longer than that, maybe they would have went on injured reserve already. We'll see what happens with that. But there are guys there just not getting back after the bye week. The, the bye week's not going to help you get back Joey Bosa, who's on IR. It's not going to help you get back Mike Williams, who now is on IR. Josh Kelly, Rashawn Slater, Jalen Guyton. Those guys aren't walking back through the door. So that's the thing is, in one of the reasons we've been so aggressive about, hey, go get other things, right? Go get other players. Because some of these guys just aren't coming back at all. So you right. do, you can't really just expect, okay, hey, well, we'll get healthy, right, and, and get ready when the time is right. No, those guys aren't coming back. The Chargers should get healthier, and guys like, you know, Trey Pipkins, another couple of weeks, you hear, he'll heal that sprained MCL, yeah. you know, smashing Joseph Day, who was questionable going in the last game. All the other bumps and bruises and stuff like that, the Chargers will come out of this a healthier team, which is huge. But let's get to Hollywood Herbert here, who, has, who says, if no major moves are made before the deadline, what is your overall confidence level and outlook on the season's on the season, the Chiefs and the Eagles have me down bad. I definitely understand that, David. And I think that while I don't think that there's a trade that fixes the Chargers and potentially, you know, hugely raises how far they'll go this season, it doesn't feel great to, if they it, it's not going to feel great if they don't do anything. No, it's not. And, and I'm, and I'm not going to be happy at all. I mean, because it just feels like that's the Chargers acknowledging that they think that they're fine and that they don't have issues and that they don't need to go out there and be aggressive about fixing the things that are very, very clearly needing to be upgraded and fixed. So that right there would be just the admission of thinking that you're okay and that you don't need to make any moves. That right there is the biggest issue for me. If the chargers don't go out here and add to this team because yeah. the way it's constructed with Justin Herbert on this rookie contract and a bunch of other very expensive contracts that are supposed to be there to add value to what Justin Herbert and the rest of this team is able to do is not acceptable. So they have to go out there and add to this team. And if they don't, as far as how I feel, I don't feel great because it's, I don't understand how you could feel good going into it. I mean, I'm the eternal optimist. I've said this many times, but no, there's been no game on the Chargers schedule where I felt, OK, well, this is a win and it's it's no, there's been no issues. It's been a roller coaster up and down from quarter one to quarter four. And you didn't know how it was going to end until the clock struck triple zeros. And so. Yeah. That's why I don't feel good about the rest of the season because I feel like it's going to be a roller coaster. If they don't make adjustments, if they don't use this time period here to make adjustments and reload, then I don't feel very good about the rest of the season. So, I mean, this is the way I look at it. I mean, I think right now the Chargers are a fringe playoff team. Yeah. And I think the other thing is there's kind of they're kind of benefiting off of there not being a ton of really, really good teams so far this That's year. True. But what's going to happen after this bye week 
is the better of those teams are going to start to separate, right? The four and three teams, the five and two teams, right? Those teams are going to start to kind of separate themselves from the pack. And you have to be able to keep up with it. It doesn't feel like the Chargers can keep up with the group that they normally have with the games that they have coming up on the schedule, right? Because it's the harder half of their schedule is the one that's coming up. They've probably already played the easiest part of their schedule so far this year. That doesn't help. If they don't make any moves that go into the second half of the season, the back end of the season with the same issues they have right now, I'm going to, you know, definitely worry that they will not make the playoffs with the squad. I don't know if there's one guy they trade for that, you know, makes them, gets them guaranteed into the playoffs. But I do think by not adding anyone, you're really, really shrinking your margin for error, right? And you're shrinking your margin for injuries and things like that. Like, it's just, it feels like there's so many injuries the Chargers could have now, not including the ones they already have, that would just be the straw that breaks the camel's back that really just kind of sends this whole thing into a tailspin for the rest of the season. And unless you go add pieces that make you feel better about how deep they are at certain positions, it's going to keep feeling that way, and it's going to be a roller coaster ride till the end of the year. But let's get into a couple of quick player things here, Dave. Let's start with Donnie, who asked, what are some realistic expectations for Isaiah Spiller the rest of the season? Go ahead. Yeah, so we got 10 games left in the season, and unfortunately for uh, for Isaiah Spiller, he's had one carry, you know, one carry for negative five yards. That he's the is, worst so. running back of all time right now. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, honestly, for me, I think hopefully they're using this bye week to get him a little bit more involved. I mean, they activated him for the first time in, in that, you know, game against the Seahawks, but he didn't really t- see the field much. So I think if we're talking about realistic expectations for him, hopefully it's, it's in the 50 to 75 five carry range in these last 10 games at least get him going let's see what he can do because one carry here two carries there is not going to be enough I mean running backs are really about rhythm and getting into that rhythm of the in the flow of the game and he hasn't been able to do that so I'm hoping he's a little bit more involved in the game plan I'm I'm thinking 50 to 75 touches is probably where uh, I'm kind of ballparking what he's going to do this year it's tough right now because he didn't sniff the field until Josh Kelly got hurt. You would right. assume that when Josh Kelly comes back, unless he can do something, he might be going straight back to that inactive on game day, you know, status because it yeah. seems like they really appreciate what Isaiah or Sony Michelle brings to the table from pass protection wise, right? To just getting those tough third and shorts or whatever the reasons are they have Sony Michelle up. He's but good at those. It's just one of those things where it's another, you know, fourth round pick where it's like, hey, this is something we should be excited about. We can't even see this guy on the field. And that's an indictment of your draft of your fourth round running back, running backs who are, you know, usually able to contribute at least in some capacity right away. It's not like the Chargers running group has been so darn good that we're like, hey, you can't get rid of any of these guys. They've been the worst rushing team pretty much in the entire league. So, yeah, see what you have in your rookie. It literally can't be worse than what you've had. Your running game has been terrible. Get this dude on the field. I don't have any expectations because he has one carry so far this year. So anything's going to be gravy. I have to think it's some. And the other thing is the Chargers still right in the middle of it, right? They're not in, hey, let's see what our young guys can do phase of their season yet because the season is still here. Right. So, like, they're right in the middle of it. So I think that it's hard to know. I I mean, I hope that we see 50, 75 touches. I hope that we just at least get to a point where you know what you have going into next season. And if that can be someone that can be in the plans for the future or not, because you already have guys like Larry Roundtree on the practice squad, Josh Kelly, who failed to live up to the hype up until this season where he's like really good. And then, you know, Austin Eckler, obviously he's getting towards the end of his contract as well. So there's not a lot of clarity right now in the running back room. I'd love to see what Isaiah Spiller can do especially considering you're one of the worst rushing teams in the league. Change something up. I don't want Isaiah Spiller going down for the season. One carry negative five yards. It can't possibly be worse. Get a handful. 
I mean, they were getting blown out and they didn't even get him on the field last week in that. Like it's it's it's, uh, it's honestly crazy. I want to see what the kid can do. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We will not have a post game show this weekend because there's no game this weekend. But what we will have is a show for you guys on Monday, and we'll get into some of the benefits of the bye week. And we also should have a special guest next week. We are trying to get Daniel Popper, the Daniel Popper, on the show to talk at the bye week to talk about what he expects from the Chargers. Justin Herbert, Brandon Staley and much more. But to make sure you guys don't miss it, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and hit the like button on the video as well. As always, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We are free and available on all platforms every day. We also post a show to all of our social media. Thank you to everyone who hit us up on Twitter today, at LockedOnLAC. We can appreciate you guys, and that's usually where we put out the Twitter Tuesday post. Also, you can find it on all of our social media. We post the show to all of our social every day. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. You can find our Locked On Chargers Facebook page and at Locked On Chargers on Instagram. Thank you to everyone who called into the voicemail line. If you keep them around 30 seconds, they're more likely to get on. I'm sorry to anyone we couldn't get on the show today, but if you guys want to get your questions in, you can call into 323-524-7924. And we try to get as many Chargers questions as we can on the show, especially for these fan mail days. We'll maybe get into some more fan questions next week as well, since we are on a bye week and the schedule is a little wonky. But that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen. If you guys need a second listen, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today with Peter Bukowski, where they're taking clips from every sport to get you updated with everything going around the sports world. And they give it to you in just little clips, things you can't get on SportsCenter anymore. Where they're going to talk about the Jets and the Cowboys and all those teams you don't care about. Go to Locked On Sports Today if you want to just keep up with everything going on and you want to do it quickly you can find that wherever you get your podcast from and on youtube as well but we will be back with you guys on monday until then take it easy and go bolts